to say good morning folks how's everybody doing this morning hopefully you're doing just fine and dandy randy and uh i don't know if there's anybody here named randy but hopefully you're all dandy you get the point anyway so hey we're going to be in first corinthians second chapter today uh, i will pick up uh in chapter one um because chapter one flows right into chapter two, uh, and we put these chapter breaks, we put these verse numbers and things that, that somebody put these in at some point in history. In fact, that'd be a good research thing because I don't know. I don't know who went back and put the the uh, the uh, references in and put the chapters in and the verses in, all those things, because those aren't in the original text. Some people think they are, actually. Quite fascinating, quite uh, comical, actually, to me, uh, to hear that. Um, 
but chapter one flows into chapter two, so it, it just it makes sense that we pick up at the end of chapter one, and you'll see why here in just a moment. So we pick up in chapter one, uh, verse 27, we'll pick up, and it says this, uh, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to, cha- uh, to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Three things given to us there in Christ. But it's because of him. It's because of the work of Christ that you're even in Christ. You wouldn't be in Christ if it weren't for the work of Christ in your life. You cannot take any credit. You cannot take any credit for your righteousness. Uh, you cannot take any credit for um, your goodness. You cannot take any credit for your philanthropy or your altruism or any of those things. It is the work of Christ. And this is where some people want to disagree with the Calvinists, but the Calvinists do get it right. I mean, it is the work of God um, in this sense to to draw us to God, to to, uh, even give us the faith to believe in the first place. Uh, And there's all kinds of fine points of that that we we could argue about. But it, it, it says right here in the text in verse 30, it is because of him. You're in Christ. He's become wisdom from God. And, and then Paul defines wisdom. Wisdom is righteousness. Wisdom is holiness. Wisdom is redemption. Uh, three defining aspects. So therefore, as it is written, let, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Uh, I am not going to boast about my goodness. I am not going to boast about my uh, my intelligence. I'm not going to boast about degrees. I'm not going to boast about uh, accomplishments. Because anything good in me is because of Jesus. And now some would say, yeah, but can't non-Christians be good people? Yes, they can be. But even that is the the, the common grace of God given to man, uh, to all mankind, that any man can even do any good in the first place. So I just want to pick up this one comment that is in the comment section. I marvel at his choosing me every time I think of it and rejoice. And that is coming from Priscilla saying that. And I go, here, here, I I agree. Amen. Sister, preach it. Uh, I am with you. Uh, I fully concur uh, with what you have said there uh, about um, marveling. I, I do, too. Then it goes on into chapter two. Chapter two just carries on over uh, and continues the theme and says, and so, when you see words like therefore or and so, that's a good indicator to go back to what was preceding to see what was there because it's a connective thought. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed you the testimony about God. I want to put this in the message for just a moment. You'll remember, friends, that when I first came to you to let you in on God's master stroke, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept it plain and simple. First Jesus and who he is, and then Jesus and what he did. 
Jesus crucified. And, and I like the way that he puts this here. You know, I, Jesus, first Jesus, who he is, then Jesus and what he did, Jesus crucified. And he said, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. You know, I, I wonder about some preachers at times, uh, how well they would do if they couldn't have a script in front of them, uh, if they couldn't have it all written out. I mean, uh, I rarely use a script. Now, that's maybe not a, a great acknowledgement. I don't use a script in these mornings. Um, and sometimes I think I would do better if I did script some things. But I have plenty to say uh, just simply by opening God's word without a script. There is so much here to explain. And and like Paul, I and like Eugene Peterson has rendered it here in verse 2, I deliberately, I try to keep it plain and simple and understandable. I try to put it down on a shelf where people can reach it and uh, absorb it and uh, where it can make sense and where they can apply it to their lives. So Paul's saying of himself, I, I tried to uh, just simply bring to you the truth of God uh, as it uh, as it should be communicated. Now, back over into the text and the way it, it put, uh, um, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ, him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear with much trembling. I mean, Paul here talking about trembling, talking about maybe um, the weakness, the fear of will he be accepted? Will he be uh, persecuted? Will he be run out of towns on uh, on skids like, uh, like he had been in so many other places? So I came to you in weakness and fear. Again, let's see how... Peterson puts this, I was unsure of how to go about this and felt totally inadequate. I was scared to death if you want the truth of it. Now, I don't know. That that might be a little bit of uh, over uh, over speaking it, perhaps. But uh, I, I can see where Paul says, I have the fear. I, I don't know how you are going to react. I, don't, I didn't know. You know, if, if you would persecute me immediately, I, I did not know. And so in that sense, and, and some of us, we, we could relate. Uh, sometimes we become spiritually chicken as well um, when there is an opportunity to say something about Christ and we don't say something about Christ um, because we're chicken and uh, it happens uh, and uh, I'm going to go over in the comments because I think uh, there's at least one comment over there. Many times I've changed the topic of the broadcast because sometimes you go in a totally different direction. I have to believe God led you down a different path today. Well, yeah, exactly. And thanks, Don, for doing that. That's that's exactly right. I, I look at it in the morning and I think, well, we're going to go this direction with it. But by the time we get through it, I've gone a different direction because the text has called for that. And... Uh, yeah, it's true. Uh, sometimes we do that spiritually, too, when, when we have an opportunity to say something of Christ, and then we just will change the subject there as well, because Paul even talks about maybe being a little bit afraid himself, uh, and we maybe are in this same place. We feel inadequate, as Peterson has rendered it here. Uh, in his translation in verse 3, I felt totally inadequate and scared to death, and that's the way sometimes we are. He says, and so nothing I said, 
And so nothing I said could have impressed you or anyone else, but the message came through anyway. God's spirit and God's power did it, which made it clear that your life of faith is response to God's power, not to some fancy mental or emotional footwork by me or anyone else. Uh, and that, that friends, oftentimes is the... Uh, is the way that, that some modern-day messengers are. Uh, there's emotional footwork that they do with, with uh, what they say, and it's it's rather good. I mean, I've been listening a little bit to Tony Robbins, and I, I've been kind of an anti-Tony Robbins person most of my life. Um, but he, he doesn't pretend to be a preacher. He doesn't pretend, you know, this is about Jesus. He doesn't pretend. But he does have some rather good things to say. Um, it do make sense. And you, you friends, you got to be able, like eating fish that comes on the bone, you've got to be able to eat the meat and spit out the bones uh, with any of these things. And again, he's not proclaiming a Christian message at all. And we simply need to have the wisdom to know how to parse things out. Now, let's Let's go back, and, and he says this in verse 4. My, this is in the NIV, 84. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. It is God's power that is revealing it to us. And so even in that, we rejoice. Now let me continue on. He says, we, however, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom, among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Uh, you know, I, uh, there is an aspect of everyday, common, ordinary wisdom. And then there is, and you wonder about this, you hear the conspiracy theories and whatnot. You hear about the super rich and how 10% own everything and yada, 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 yada. Uh, and sometimes you do wonder if there is... Uh, that type of wisdom or that type of type of secrecy or that type of mystery or that type of shrouding that the super rich uh, hold to themselves. Uh, and I hear some people talk about these things. And uh, But here's the bottom line. Paul says it in verse 6, it's all going to come to nothing. You know, the super rich who, who mean for money's ways and not God's ways, who mean for their own filthy lucre, who mean for their own gaining, uh, for their own pockets and for their own power and their own prestige. Uh, all of this uh, will come to nothing. God will laugh in derision at the power of this age. And we read about that in Psalm 2, how God will laugh. He says this, no, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden that, and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, this age, meaning specifically of the age, the day in which Paul was alive, because uh, he was alive in the days of those that had crucified Jesus, so when he speaks that they will not have crucified the Lord of glory, he's speaking very specifically about them. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, this verse, verse 9, is a verse that speaks to wonder. Uh, it's a, a verse that speaks to grandeur. Uh, it, it's a verse that speaks to magnanim magnanimity. 
something that's magnanimous, something that is glorious, something that is phenomenal, something that is fantastic, something that when it says no mind is conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. I mean, we can't even begin to think of the wonder of what God has in store for us. It is that good. Uh, and we hold on to it. And, 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 and so we love him. And we wait for what he uh, will give us in Christ, what he will fulfill for us in Christ. But then verse 10 goes on and says this, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit pulls back the blinders from our eyes. The spirit rolls a stone away from our heart. The the spirit uh, illumines us so that we can understand the things of God. And God has revealed to us by his spirit the mystery that is Christ. And it says this in verse 10, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Now, it's going to get into something here about discernment in in just a few verses that, that we're going to hit upon, to light upon, um, because perhaps not everybody listening understands. Perhaps you, you're what's what some call spiritually discerned or spiritually divorced from the truth, and it just doesn't make sense to you. Um, verse 10, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, and he says, for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. God's Spirit alone knows the thoughts of God. And we are let in on those secrets. God God lets us in on the secret uh, by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit opens up the way so that we can understand the things of God, the mysteries of God, the 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 workings of God, the wonders of God, that is all revealed to us by the Holy Spirit who shows us the mind of God in that way. Verse 12, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. And just in your Bible, uh, and in this, what I have on the screen for those that are with me live or who are watching on Facebook or YouTube, uh, we do not receive the spirit of the world, small s. That is an indicator that it's not talking about the Holy Spirit. But the spirit, capital S, indicator of the Holy Spirit, who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truths and spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And there is this this word, and we will put this into a different translation here in just a moment. But Paul says, we are teaching in words taught by the Spirit, spiritual truths. And and some people, when, when you read Bible to them, their eyes cross and their eyes glaze over and it just makes no sense to them whatsoever. There are people without the Spirit. There are people who have not been given the Spirit. They may not even be saved people. Possibly converted, uh, regenerated might be another word I might use. Uh, 
Because when we become a Christian, God enables us to begin to understand. I'm not saying that everybody's going to understand at the same level that Don Carson, uh, the theologian, or Timothy Keller, or John Piper, or moving much further down the ladder, um, even understanding how I might understand. But there's an understanding of spiritual things, uh, at, at least to the elementary level. Before I was a Christian, I was reading the Bible, but it didn't make any sense to me. I felt spiritually connected to God because I opened the Bible, but still, it didn't make sense to me. I didn't understand it. I was spiritually discerned. I I, I didn't have the understanding. I understand the, the spiritual things of God. But once I gained the Spirit of God through my salvation, through my conversion, through the regenerating work of the Spirit, I was then able to understand the things of of the spirit verse 14 again says the man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of god so there are people who might even be in churches that were teaching it and and they want to go a different direction with the text completely different direction than what is written that tells you something a that tells you watch out for that person because you know they don't have the truth wrapped up quite as they as they think they do and they will talk about things. I, I've heard people talk about prayer in this fashion. I've heard people talk about communion in this fashion. And it, it becomes evident that they want to engage in the conversation, but they don't quite yet get it. Um, and we need to pray that they'll get it. That that uh, that they truly, if they're not yet truly regenerate, not, tri- not quite yet truly converted, that they would truly become regenerate and that is the work of the spirit and and maybe a yielding of their own hearts and sometimes we want to hold on to things ourselves and uh, we uh, let go of these things and say holy spirit teach me teach me all that god has for me that i might walk in his ways now let's continue a bit further Verse 14, again, the man without spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit for their foolishness to him. He can understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And we can sometimes sort of uh, I lost my train of thought here for a second. It says the man without spirit does not accept the, the things that come from the spirit of God for their foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. Uh, there, there are people who, uh, again, I, I think I've said it. And I'm kind of rehashing it, but you know, they want to talk about uh, God, uh, but they just they don't get it. They don't understand. Uh, I have known some people that have understood, um, and then growing in understanding. Somebody in our church. Uh, uh, named uh, D.F. I'll just use those initials that I have watched him grow in his understanding. And it's been a beautiful thing to see it make more and more sense. Sometimes people end up going to churches that don't teach the Bible. Um, and that sometimes is a part of it as well. And uh, we we do teach the Bible. Um, verse 15 says this, The spiritual man makes judgments about all things. But he himself was not subject to any man's judgment, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ, that we ourselves would have the mind of Christ. 
the spiritual man makes judgments about things, says he is not subject to any man's judgment. And, and what Paul's getting at there is this. We, we are subject to God's judgment. And, and so when it says he's not subject to any man's judgment, I can see somebody taking that verse and saying, well, then there's, there's, you know, you, you, you speak about accountability, but this verse right here tells us that there is no accountability that we need to be concerned about. Well, that's not what it's saying. What it's saying is ultimately those who want to judge us uh, unrightly outside the things of God, outside the ways of Christ, we're not subject to their judgment. Now, I know that I'll give an account for what I teach, and that's why it's important that that I try to teach. Sorry, I'm a little bit distracted by uh, the uh, my associate behind me here seeing what he is up to. Um, but we're, we're not subject to the world's judgment. We are subject to the judgment of Christ that is true, that, that, that comes from a source of all knowledge and it comes from a source of all morality and all truth and all righteousness. We, Bucky, know uh, we have the mind of Christ. We have the, the ways of Christ. Uh, we have known the mind of Christ. And my friend, if, if the things of God are confusing to you, I would urge you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit two things. Holy Spirit, if I'm not truly converted, convert me. If I'm not truly regenerate, regenerate me. I would encourage you to pray, Holy Spirit, please help me to understand. I will tell you, he promises that, that if you're looking to him, he will help you understand the things of Christ, the ways of Christ, the ways of God. He will reveal his truth to you. It isn't the wisdom of the world. Uh, it's the wisdom of God given to us in Christ. Well, I have a request here in the uh, uh, in the comment section, and I will read you this request. In fact, I, I will share a few things. Uh, Walter has said, I've become more aware recently of how brief this life is, and Question myself how much of my time has been spent in gratitude for God's forgiveness and blessing. And uh, we'll have to talk about that, Walter. Someone pass on. Uh, I've made friends with a young, uh, younger woman who works at Lancaster Bible College. Her name is Julia. And you might know Julia. Uh, and uh, we can talk about Julia offline. Julia Hers- Hershey is her name. Used to be known as Julia Noggle, um, but you just we can talk about being made recent, more recently aware of how brief this life is, and it is. And it doesn't matter if you're older; it doesn't matter if you're younger. It can go like that. So here's the request: We're going to close out our broadcast with a song, and it's a song that I will sing. Um, I'm going to push the microphone back a little bit. Hopefully, I don't uh, wake up the entire neighborhood here. Or maybe I need to wake up the entire neighborhood, possibly. But there's a song called The Doxology, and uh, it is, uh, I think I can remember all the words to it. Um, yes, I remember the words. I'm making sure. So, friends, let's live in the 
in the light of all that God has revealed to us, the mystery that is Christ, this marvelous mystery of all that we're given in Christ, the, the marvelous mystery of being given forgiveness in Christ, the marvelous mystery of being given new life in Christ, the marvelous mystery of being given the name of Christ, we have all this from Christ and we can rejoice. And that leads us to sing, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. See you tomorrow, friends.